Welcome back to Pole Politicking. Now politicking with Jovi Rockwell. How you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. What's up? What's up? Chill. So the first thing I want you my to talk- brand. <laughs> I want to say, what's the uh, average day for you right now? What's the average day for you? Uh, average day for me, I wake up, I drink a cup of uh, Jamaican coffee because it's the best coffee, and um, then I do the workout. I try to get some some cardio and some, some, you know, physical fitness in there. And then um, I hit the studio. I write a couple of songs. Depends. It depends. The days may differ because it depends on my obligations for the day. I may have to, uh, you know, it might not be writing in the studio. It might be like going and working with a different artist or um, with, a, with a different producer or going to, you know, meetings and such like that. But average days, it's always creativity, you know? Yeah, I'm going to say, what is actually, what's Jamaican coffee? Can you describe it for me? Oh, Jamaican coffee comes from Blue Mountain. Uh-huh. And it's just the best coffee in the world. And it's just so rich and good. And it just has this flavor that, like, no way. And, and mountain, Blue Mountain is, like, one of the highest mountains in the world. Mm. In Jamaica. So, yeah, the coffee there is, is amazing. Okay. And I wanted you to talk about your... Uh, upbringing a little bit and how did you actually fall in love with music and decide to do this as a career? Well, uh, my father was a cabaret artist um, for so for, for all my young life uh, as a kid I watched him on stage and perform on the north coast and all the hotels and stuff like that for all the tourists so I knew that I loved what he did and I wanted to do that and so I started writing music with my best friend when I was about 10. And um, then her brother had a little basement studio. And they were the kids of um, one of the members of Third World, which was a big reggae rock band. And so they, you know, they, they were given instruments and stuff like that. So I was just lucky enough to kind of be around live music and people who were doing music. And so... I did my first little recording in the basement studio, and that's when I kind of realized that I could do something that people liked, and I recorded it, and people were, like, really making, you know, they were saying, wow, that's good, you know, and so I started to get a little bit of credibility there. And it was just kind of a hobby until after I left school. And, uh, yeah, I just knew I always wanted to do it, and so one day I just, you know, dropped everything and decided to just, only do music like eat sleep and you know everything music and just devote myself to being an artist yeah and actually that's that you kind of went to my next question because i was reading about you and they described you as a true artist and they say you have a unique style and they say you actually like you're very spiritual with your music so i wanted you to uh, talk about that a little bit just describe your music to the, uh, the people well, well it's funny because as I said, it was a it was a hobby of mine, and I was I was very shy at first, even though like like the word started to kind of spread. Like, cause Kingston is like a small you know it's a small place, and so producers and and people who are doing music would you know say, oh this girl is good, this girl is good. But I was really shy, and because um, I was kind of more like an in the cut girl. But I realized one day that. Um, 
First of all, music haunted me. I couldn't get it off my mind. I would hear melodies in my head. I would just, you know, it just haunted me until I realized, listen, I think it's trying to tell me that I need to do it and, like, kind of let go of my inhibitions. And then when I, 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 I said to myself, you know what, I could work this dead-end job because I just got out of school and I was working a job. And I said, or I could just do music, you know, and, and just work after a dream that way because I was in a parking lot and one of my co-workers must have been working there for 50 years. I don't know. She was an old lady on her cigarette break. And a friend of mine, another co-worker, was in a uh, breakup. They asked me to sing a song for them. And she heard me, and she was so disgusted by my voice. She couldn't even look at me. She turned slightly sideways and corner-eyed me. I was like, yo, I can't believe that you're in a dump like this with the rest of us suckers, and you have a voice like that. And she turned her face in disgust. And that was it. I just said, you know what? This, what she said to me hit me like a ton of bricks. It was just like a light bulb went off in my head. And I said, you know what? That's a sign. I have to just do this. And, uh, yeah, and that's how I ended up actually, like, going after that. And then the reason why I say it's spiritual is because it's kind of like it just comes to you. It's kind of like something that just comes to you. And then you just, you know, you write the lyrics. Sometimes I'll be having, like, a bad day or whatever, and I just don't know how to get through it. And I'll lay down and or take a moment to myself. And then for some reason, like, words just come to me and, like, Something, something like my inner conscience says, just write a song. You feel better, and mm. I do that. And then it ends up being, it ends up being an answer to whatever I was wondering. And I just kind of feel like I don't, I'm no different from everybody else. And that's why I want, that's why I do what I do because maybe people ask the same questions or feel the same way. And I just want to relate and connect with people, you know, on a musical on a musical level and I've just been on that musical journey ever since okay and you talked about your co-worker and I want to know who uh, who you consider some of your other influences in your life uh, my father was a big influence uh, because he was as I said a cabaret artist and he recorded some songs back in the late 70s and early 80s and he had one hit in Germany but where I'm getting at is that he never really had a chance to be a big uh, recording artist. He's more known by many greats in the in the industry. You know, Stan Robbie, Barry Hammond. They, you know, he grew up with them and they used to share the stage. But he was known as just a great uh, performer and he impacted people's lives because once they found out that he was my father, they would come to me and see me at a show or whatever and say, boy, I didn't know that you were such and such daughter. Like, I can't believe this. And it, it's like, it inspires me because I want to go, I want to pick up where he left off, kind of, and just kind of go all the way and like, you know, become a big success. Kind of like for me and for him too. He didn't get a chance to get his foot through the door. So it's kind of another thing that really inspires me and it keeps me going. No matter what life throws at me, I just think, you know, I think about that and I just I keep carrying on. Okay, and what about as far as your uh, fashion? Who's in, who influenced you there? Because, you know, you really got a, I like your style, really, really fly, really fly style. So where does the fashion come from? Thank you. It's funny you would ask me that because my mother is, uh, she's well-known in, in Kingston, 
as a stylist she's she had like one of the like in the 80s she had the biggest hair salon and it was kind of like a trendy place where you could go if you're going to anything major you would go there and she had like clothes there and stuff and she's known for, for styling in the industry and the fashion industry down there and i mean she she herself is a fashionista like she's you know she's 60 something right now and I'm telling you, like, she kill it even if she go to the grocery store. And, like, just growing up around that, like, I grew up in a beauty salon. I grew up around women who are always doing their nails and talking fashion and the fashion magazines and bringing down fashion from the States and stuff like that. And that influenced me a lot. And music to me and fashion go hand in hand because it's an attitude. And the attitude is what you portray in your tone, in your dressing, it has to, it has to go in it with a balance. I think, you know, you know, music and fashion is one thing, one big attitude. And that's kind of how I incorporate it with, I incorporate my whole style and my big fashion influence is my mom. And as I said, you know, growing up, growing up around hotties. <laughs> okay. And, um, who are you listen to in your part right now? Like who you listen to? Who do I listen to? Mm-hmm. I listen to Kanye West. I listen to Bruno Mars, uh, New School, Old School. I listen to a lot of um, Stevie Wonder. I really love Stevie Wonder. I listen to, you know, MJ. And uh, I listen to a lot of, I listen to many different things. You, you wouldn't believe. You know, just like, Different moods, different things. Uh, Marvin Gaye. Depends on how you're feeling. Amy Winehouse. You know. Alright. And I wanted you to talk about some of your current projects right now. Because I saw you just came out with a video. Uh, Dilly Dally. Yeah. So, uh, you got any, I know you got a mixtape too. I just downloaded that too. So, I just want you to talk about them a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I just did. A uh, video for Dilly Dally, and Dilly Dally was produced by Bruno Mars, and uh, we co-wrote that together, and uh, it was released as a single in Jamaica, and you can see it on YouTube, uh, J-O-V-I-R-O-C-K, well, with two L's, Rockwell. Yeah, no, it's it's an up-tempo party track, it's just a song about doing, making something out of nothing. You know, as an artist, a lot of times people like to tell you, especially when you're on the up and come up, they'll tell you, uh, you need to get serious, you need to have a plan B, like, this is not for real. And I took that and sort of made it into a song, kind of like, yeah, we're doing nothing, but we're making something, don't you hear what I'm saying? I'm chilling, kind of like, you think we're not doing anything, but we're creating, a, I'm creating a vibe, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm manifesting my happiness. So it's kind of like, uh, sort of rebellious. Not too rebellious, but kind of like stuck on that type of song. <laughs> okay, and outside of music, what are some of your uh, interests and hobbies? Uh, I like to cook. I come up with like my own dishes, and um, I like to write. Uh, outside of like writing songs, I write uh, short stories. I have a couple of film ideas I have uh, stored in my files somewhere and 
yeah, I just those type of things. What you consider your best meal that you can cook? Best meal that I can cook? Uh huh. There's so many. Let me see. Uh, I can. Uh-huh. I can do curry really well. I can make. Uh, I can sawfish. Uh, I make this rice with. Uh, I like, to, I like Eastern type of food and Mediterranean type of food, but I cook Jamaican food because I'm from Jamaica. So I can make ackee and sausage and dumpling and banana and I need my own dumpling, you know. I've been told that I make the best dumplings in the world and I get that from, it's in my DNA, it's been passed down from my father because he made the best dumplings and he taught me. So I, apparently I make the best dumplings. You know, they're not too hard, they're not too soft, they're just perfect and they're, I make designer dumplings. So I take a while to knead them because I make them look like, kind of like a masterpiece. And that's how I like to make my food too. It has to look like, I, I could just take a picture of it and I could sell it as an auction somewhere. That's tight. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, so how long have you been um, making music professionally? Oh wow, I've just been making music professionally for a good while now. Yeah, about seven years or so. All right, and I want to say, what do you consider uh, one of the most important lessons you learned so far? One of the most important lessons that I've learned so far is that uh, time is the greatest equalizer. And sometimes you set goals for yourself and it doesn't happen when you expect it to. But special things happen when you least expect it. And it's just for you to keep something called faith and uh, to be perseverant and to be to know your self-worth as an artist and just stick to that, you know, because it's not going to happen overnight. And like, and like anything in the two pieces of history, you know, Rome wasn't built in one day. It takes every step, every moment, every positive thought, everything that goes into building a career, you know, it takes time. And to just have patience and just believe in yourself. Just believe in yourself first because your manager could believe in you, your publicist could believe in you, people could believe in you. But when you don't believe in yourself, there's a big problem. And sometimes that's, you have to look at what's blocking things. And it really starts with yourself. Yeah, I like that how you said positive thinking because I, I try to focus on that the most because, you know, your thoughts are everything. That's where it starts. Totally. Uh, and I want to know, uh, since you say you've been doing it for seven years, what are some of the uh, setbacks or sacrifices you went through so far? Oh, wow. Uh, as an artist from Jamaica, I've, you know, been, you know, in kind of like a tug-of-war thing about, uh, you know, kind of being put in a box. I don't like put in a box. I think I said one time, all time you belong in a box is when you're dead. Oh. And I'm going to revise that because if you think you belong in a box and you're dead because I don't even want to be put in a box, even at that point. You know, I, I want to be free. I want to be able to express myself as an artist and 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 evolve and grow and, and invent and create, you know. And it's kind of like in the industry, sometimes they want you to sound one way and then they want you to sound the other way because there's a bunch of people that have been sounding that for a while now so why don't you just and it's kind of like that you know and just your accent and, and different things because kind of when you're doing a crossover thing it's very technical 
very technical and I've I've had things like that where you kind of want to change you completely and you don't as an artist you don't ever really want somebody to change you because you're the only person that can truly define yourself because you are the you are the living artist so it's for you to define yourself and I mean those are things you face I mean I've been as an artist you know I've, I've been shown taken to the mountain figuratively speaking and you know being f- fall right back down you know and you have to start again you have to start from the one step all the way up it's, you know it's kind of like that like I've had a record deal I've had you know and there's just so many things but you can't stop because the only people who stop are the people who give up and they're called quitters and you can't be a quitter in life no matter what you're doing even in your job or whatever, you cannot quit because then you're a loser. You know, if you know that you keep doing something and you never quit, you never quit in life, it doesn't matter what you have, you're always going to be a winner. You'll always be a winner. So, it's just kind of things like that, you know. Alright, you kind of, I got, that's cool, that's cool. You kind of went to my next question. I'm going to ask you anyway because uh, I'm also doing this thing, I'm, a, I'm doing a project and I'm studying success. So I want to know what would you consider the number one success principle for you? Uh, well, uh, when I'm on a professional level, what would be the number one successful thing for me? Uh, as an artist, to have my music connect globally with everyone on the globe that I can possibly reach to. I'm sure I'm not going to reach to the people, to the uh, indigenous people in the rainforest, but you know, you know what I mean, like everybody who has a radio, who has means of uh, technology to hear. I, I want to sing and tour. I want to do a world tour, uh, have successful records, uh, eventually in films. I want to impact people's lives. I, I really feel, I really love people and I'm interested in people and I'm interested in having them hear what I have to say or have to give. And when I get to that level, I would feel that I have reached a level of success that you know, is is would be ultimate, but I can't say I can't really say ultimate because once I've gotten there, maybe my maybe there'd be another thing that I need to do. I won't know until I've gotten there. But to me, global success and interacting with with people, singing for people live all over the world and things like that, that would be my great success. Okay, what would you uh you say? What would you like to tell your fans? What would I tell my fans? Yeah, what would you like to tell them, your fans, supporters? What would you like to tell them? I would just tell them, hold tight, because I'm gearing up right now. We're, we're more, I'm about to rock it off. And I'm going to take them on such a fantastic ride that they'll never forget. And that's what I would tell my fans. Okay, and I want to say... Get ready, that. because we're about to go on a serious ride. I want to say thank you for coming through Politics with me, Jovi. Appreciate it. Not a problem. Anytime. All right, and I want to say you want to tell them. Big up everybody over there. Yeah, I want to say you want to tell them how to hit, up, how to hit you up, your Twitter, Facebook, all that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm on Twitter. It's J-O-V-I underscore Rockwell on Twitter. And I'm on Facebook, Jovi Rockwell and MySpace. And I have a website, it's jobyrockwellonline.com. 
So, I mean, I have an EP coming out. I've been working on that. And uh, I post all my information on Twitter and Facebook and on my website. So, if you want to follow and see what's going on with your girl, you don't know it. Just click. I'm going to click away. Like that. Yeah, it's Joby, baby. Yo, this is your girl, Joby Rockwell. And I'm politicking with Paul on Turbo City Radio. You don't know?